Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast where I get to sit down with Brian and Braden and talk about guns, which I've been wanting to do for so long. And uh, so basically what's going on here is that uh, we've, we've done the broadheads, the bows, the arrows, the tuning, and really have built into more technical aspect of archery. And we're going to continue to do that because that's what this thing is really founded on. But what we're also going to do is start doing that with guns as well. You know, On Point isn't just an archery podcast. On Point is not a bottleneck. Basically, On Point is a state of being, a state of mind that you're going to be the best you can, the most efficient hunter you can be by doing all the work, having a great mentality, having a great work ethic, just to be the best, most efficient hunter you can be, regardless of of weapon. So now we're going to start getting into the guns. And uh, Brian and Hayden have both been uh, getting quite heavy into, into it for about five to six years now. And I uh, thought it would be a really great episode to get guys that have been working into the long-range guns and stuff like that. I've got some experience in it, and uh, it really made for a good conversation on some beginning tips to buying a gun, what to focus on, accessories to get, uh, where you, where your money should really be focused on prior to purchasing and after purchasing your platform. So I appreciate Brian and Braden for both coming on to the show, and I hope you guys enjoy this, and I'll see you at the end. Bye. So let's go over, um, let's get some introductions going on here. Okay. So, Brian. Yes. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I got invited to do a podcast. Uh, I guess some basic building yeah. um, thoughts and I, I guess how I would do things. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I do know how to get some, some stuff rolling, some of the basic stuff. And, you know, like you said, you can you can just spend hours and hours and hours right. digging into this. And it, it's, it really is a rocket science um, just depends on what you want to do. Do you want to load just for, you know, just go out there and burn a bunch of ammo or are mm-hmm. you loading for accuracy or, you know, what's your, what's your poison? Right. Well, this, like, uh, we said off camera or off camera, off recording here is, you know, this is going to be the basic for folks that are, that are listening. The first episode of many, uh, rifle building and rifle episodes, ballistics episodes, we're going to kind of do the same thing with rifles that we've done with the bows. And so, um, this is going to be a great podcast because you guys, um, you were telling me your background and all this stuff, and, and it just seems like a, a really good fit for this episode. So Perfect. I appreciate you taking your time away from your family, man, and coming over yeah, here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hanging out. You so. know, and you asked me the other night, I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I've never done nothing like this yeah. before. You were, know? were you serious when you invited me? Like, yeah, hell yeah, I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Braden. Yeah. Let's get a little bit about you. Yeah, Braden Klein. How you doing? I'm pretty much the younger brother to Brian. Who I never had. He's the older brother I never had, and uh, very true. Yeah, he's definitely the the guy that really got me started shooting, shooting, built wanting to build a rifle, wanting to to get into some longer range hunting for these Western Oregon species. Right started on. out bow hunting, and there's just something that that just doesn't sit right with me with big black tail bucks getting away. So it made <laughs> yeah. me it made it made me yes. want to start, you know developing a rifle that was capable of like yeah. shooting what I can see, you know, because some of the animals that we hunt are so elusive right? that, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, that was my, that was my, you know, driving force that made me want to get into shooting. Well, the, uh, I'll tell you, it's funny you said, cause you tried to get in the black tails. You see that <laughs> nice black tail downstairs, mm-hmm. that three point. Yep. The first year I ever took a, a long range capable gun out in the woods 
with my wife. I'm like, okay, we're going to give her the best odds here. You know, like, yep. But we'll shoot six, 700 yards with this thing. And uh, she killed that blacktail with my 308 at 487. Um, she, my fault because I dialed the scope a little bit, like too little, little high. So she spined him and then he dropped and we had to put another one in him. But sure. um, that was the, her first buck ever. That mm, blacktail nice. down, which is bigger than you can see the little four by three I have mounted there and a three point I have there. That's bigger than any blacktail I've ever killed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so but that's the main reason we started building long range builds is because I'm like I can see these toads. Right. I just can't reach them. And that's how. Yeah. That's basically why you know as, as much as I love bow hunting and stuff, you know I've mm-hmm. bow hunted blacktails for years and years and years, and I got to the point where. You know, you're seeing these 140 plus bucks. You know, one a season maybe. Yeah. You know, and you get out and you get drawn back on him. Well, he's dogging a doe. Well, he's not running from you. That <laughs> doe takes off, and he's like, "Well, she's leaving. I'm out." You right. know, and hey, right. with a rifle, you might not see that caliber of buck a season. You know, at all, maybe every two seasons. But right. when you do, um, a lot of the times, you know, the, the places that we've been hunting and stuff, you know, you can glass those bucks up and you got a way better opportunity. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you got to, I think it's, you got to put in a little bit more of an effort, you know, you do. To, to do this during rifle season. But I mean, we all freaking elk hunt with a bow. And <laughs> I mean, the, the effort you put in there is, is just as much, if not more than what you're going to do for rifle blacktail, you for know? Sure. So th- there's for always sure. that, that. And you're coming right out of bow season, right into rifle season. So you're already in, you know, a good hiking shape for say, right. you know, so you can do those hunts and not, you know, have to worry about getting in shape and doing that sort of stuff. Cause you've already gone through bow season. Right. I, I like my early season bucks and, and, and hunting in sure. general. I just, I don't wait for the rut anymore. And, and I've said that a few times on the podcast talking about late season blacktails. It's like, I, I'm the only one out in the woods hunting blacktails. Everybody's looking for elk. And so mm-hmm. you got these big dandy blacktails in these units. You can go try and kill, you know, it's, it's, it's something. And like you said, just going straight after bow season, how long have you been? Cause you're a bow hunter just like I am. The, and so is Braden. Right. The first, um, the first buck that I ever killed was with a bow. Really? Um, I was the, I was 12 years old and my dad, um, he's always bow hunted and stuff. And so, uh, before I got into bow hunting and stuff, um, my parents, before I was born and everything, they used to go to these little archery shoot 3d shoots, you know, mm-hmm. before it was a big deal. And they were shooting like old school recurves with fiberglass arrows, wooden arrows, <laughs> you know, when, when stuff was real old school. Yeah. So, um, I started, you know, kind of showing some interest in that. And so my dad bought me a bow and mm-hmm. it was a Browning. Um, it went to 45 pounds. Um, first morning we hunted, um, we were sitting al- along this, uh, bob wire fence and this little buck hops a fence. And it, <laughs> I mean, it was everything I could do to get that thing pulled back. And I, right. I got it pulled back and I shot him and it was like 15 yards and, hmm. and I was 12. That was the first tag, the first deer tag I ever had was mm-hmm. with a bow. And then I, so I didn't even kill a buck out of velvet until I moved to Oregon in 98. Really? So I, you know, I'd see pictures and watch, you know, shows and stuff. Everybody's killing these bucks that that's not in velvet. And I'm like, how? Like, it, it didn't make any <laughs> sense to me. You know, when I got a little bit older, I started understanding it. But mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, is all we did was bow hunt. And in California, bow season, I mean, yes. there's some like central California and, um, not southern, but you know, like Bishop area, you know, Attachby type stuff. There's some units down there that open in July. Yeah, you know, and 
Or you I almost feel like that's a shame. Like they still have more to grow. Right. You know, and, and <laughs> you, you look at their horns and, and they're yeah. not to that point yet. You know, yeah. there's no point where they're going to quit growing. It's still kind of a nub, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But I I didn't know what it was like to kill a buck out of velvet until I moved here. And, and you know, the guys I met, they're like, yeah, you don't. No, 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 no. We don't shoot bucks now. We wait. We save that till November. You know, I'm like, what do you mean? That's funny. <laughs> you know? So and then I started killing some bucks with with my bow in November and then I ended up getting a rifle tag one year and I had a blast. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't kill a buck that year and I uh, went back to bow hunting and killed a couple more. And then I got to the point where I was putting in a bunch of time and starting passing up bucks. And then, you know, I'm looking for bigger bucks than I have killed before, you know, putting mm-hmm. in some more effort and ended up, I got tired of bucks getting away. You know, and <laughs> I've seen some really, really good bucks bow hunting and I think the biggest one I've killed with a, with a bow is 125 you know it's a yeah. four point and that's a good that's a, buck it's a, it's a decent buck but yeah. it took me a long time to do that but the bucks that i've and not to say that i haven't missed any big ones but you know i've missed quite a few bucks too that's 125 inch blacktail yeah that's a stud buck blacktail yeah. Um, yeah i killed that in 2010 i believe i killed that buck was it velvet no, that was late season. That was in oh, November. Was there was uh-huh. um, there was like eighteen inches of fresh snow oh. from the you know the last couple of days, and it was twenty four degrees. Just driving down the, one of these roads with no tracks on it, you know, no tire tracks in front of me, and I look over to my left, and the buck's standing there broadside, at like eleven <laughs> yards. Uh-huh. So I drive by him, I get out, knock an arrow, go to full draw, and I walk backwards at full draw, and he's still standing there. As all I could see was his head, hmm. and. So I put my pin down into the snow. You could see where it was like in a little brush pile, you know, mm-hmm. and put my pin down into the snow and hmm. you just see this little pink spray out behind him and uh-huh. off he went and he died. And huh. That's how most of the black- blacktail lazies and you're probably killed right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean driving around. I mean, <laughs> so productive. It is with the roads so close together, yeah. you know, unless you go down to, you know, like Southern Oregon. You yeah. Know, there's some spots out there where you can tree stand hunt or ground blind or whatever mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, for around here, you could do the same thing. I never did. I had way more action and saw way more deer driving around, you know, or you drive right. around to one end and you hike that ridge down to the other end and rattle a little bit and then walk back to the truck. And then yeah. you never see anything rattling. You get back in the truck, you drive the other end, there's freaking bucks in the road. And you're like, yeah. well, why am I getting out of the truck? Exactly. <laughs> that's That's been our experience is like, man, we'll hike, 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 rattle, rattle, rattle. And then we'll drive a quarter mile down the road when we get back. And then there's a buck. I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so for for the rifle stuff, I've, I've had some questions rattling around in my head for a while, and, and uh, just this will be obviously a great podcast for it. So when, when choosing a rifle platform, um, how do you even start with with a platform? What I mean by a platform is, like, I, you know, a lot of guys like the 700 re- uh, actions by Remington. Mm-hmm. It seems like most of the builds I see, or when I was into long range, when I was pretty heavy into it, were 700 actions. Um, as far as I know, the the Model 700, you know, there's a lot of military use. It's got a good reputation because of that, especially mm-hmm. some of the older ones. Um, the older ones were built, I think, to a little bit more of a tolerance level, higher tolerance level. Um, they don't have nearly the reputation they did before, but they still have a really, really good reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've heard, you know, I'm not any means by, you know, like the go-to guy for any of this stuff, but I know enough to get you going and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, I do have my 300 Win Mag is a Model 700. Mm-hmm. It's a stainless Model 700. I took the uh, factory stock off and I put a Bell & Carlson metal, metal stock on it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, nice be- one. Bedded that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, had a brake put on it. I shoot Burger 210s. Um, I think it's 73, 73 grains of H1000, I think. And it's like, it, it's going 2850-ish right in there. Um, so far, as far as I've gotten out with it, is 16, like 1650. That's a long way. You know, and, and you're not <laughs> pounding at 1650 by any means, you know, but I've got enough travel in the scope and everything, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. on a 40 MOA rail mm-hmm. um, where I can... It's it's just fun to to see if you can hit that twenty four by twenty four inch plate at you know sixteen fifty, right. which which is really just shy of a mile, mm-hmm. you know. And that was my goal for a long time, which is I just want to hit a mile, not necessarily group at a mile, but right. I spent an awful lot of money just trying to hit at a mile. And <laughs> nice, yeah. I've been there uh, back when I started. I bought a uh, uh, it turned out to be the biggest piece of shit gun I ever owned, but it was a Winchester Model seventy Laredo Classic Boss. It's a long. <laughs> A lot of words in the name, but sure. so it had, it was a, like, I believe it had like a Bell and Carlson stock mm. on it. It was pillar bedded. Um, and I may be wrong. It might've been a different one, but so pillar bedding, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> pillar bedding and action bedding mm-hmm. are two different things. Yeah. Let's get into that stuff. Okay. Um, so this gun was a seven mag and all from everything I, all back when I started years, a few years ago, a lot of guys were shooting seven mags. Now it's completely different now, but um, so okay, if I'm going to go hybrids and everything yeah. else. And so if I'm going to go buy something, um, like what I, what I suggested back when I was doing it was go buy like a 700 long range, um, you know, bed the lug and do some other stuff to it. And you're going to have a really good gun for pretty cheap. Um, is that still applicable nowadays or? Yeah. Um, I, I think even more, more so now than, than it's ever been, you really? know, now that, um, there's a lot of these, um, that these companies are making these so-called thousand yard out of the box, you know, because everybody's going to this, let's go long range, let's go yep. long range. But, but you can't hit a freaking pie plate at a hundred yards on a bench. Okay. You know, <laughs> on but a good that, day. right on a good day, you know, but there, that's how all these manufacturers are advertising. It's a thousand yard out of the box. Right. You know, and being a guide, I've seen guys come out with this equipment. I'm like, man, that is some nice looking stuff. And you start looking at it and it, it really is. It's it's really quality equipment. Mm-hmm. Well the guy holding it can't shoot worth a shit. Right. You know, but still the gun's like, capable. Oh yeah, right out of the box. I mean they're built like that, you know. Right. Um well, most guns nowadays are built to shoot under an MOA. I mean Right. Right. If if I don't have a gun that doesn't shoot half for me personally, I, I, I don't even shoot. I just get rid of it. Right. If it's I like, can't shoot under an inch, that's a shitty gun. That's why I sold my first Lapua's because I really? couldn't I, I couldn't get it to go underneath two inches. And I actually sent it. It, oh, was, wow. a, it was a Savage um, 110 Long Range Hunter. Okay. Um, I got that one first, and I messed with it, messed with it, messed with it, messed with it. And um, my buddy Stan Pate um, that shoots for Savage, mm-hmm. I had um, – Many, many conversations with him about this rifle. Uh, I was just telling you about working at the Portland Sportsman yeah. Show in the yeah. Savage booth, and um, I was talking to Stan pretty much for a week trying to figure out what was wrong with this gun. Well, ended up, ended up, we, uh, we <laughs> sent we it back to Savage, and the gunsmith at Savage threw it away and sent me a brand new one they couldn't fix it really so all that hair pulling all the the pounds of powder the primers the brass the bullets all was for nothing because there was something wrong with it they couldn't fix it so they sent me a brand new one that one i got down a minute maybe a little more than a minute um and i i put a lot of effort into that one Mm -hmm. and so i sold that one 
and then I bought the Savage. No, it was a 111 Long Range Hunter is what I bought first. And then I bought the Savage 110 um, FPC that came with the, um, uh, it's not a Bell and Carlson stock. It's a HS Precision stock. Yep. Um, the HS Precision on there. Um, betted that one. You know, it's a basically the same action with some different bolt-on stuff. You know, the barrel's a little bit bigger around. You know, mm-hmm. it weighs a lot more than mm-hmm. the Long Range Hunter does. Um, I got that one down to just not quite a half minute, just over a half minute, but I was pretty impressed with it. And I've shot that one um, a lot out to 1,000, 12, 1,300 and been, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm probably 75% with it at that range, you know, but like seven, eight, nine hundred, you know, you're, you're up there in the mid 90 percentage, you know, yeah. just laying down shooting at steel, you know, I spent a lot of money to hit steel. I don't yeah. know why, but you listen to that steel <laughs> ring out. It's, it's, it's a lot addicting. of fun. It yeah. is very addictive, yeah. you know, so. Well, I remember when I was getting in it with my seven mag that that uh, Winchester Laredo. Um, I was doing like 150 bucks in ammo a weekend, like right. just by it's, factory. It's like that, yeah. you know. It's it doesn't take long to do it at all. No. you can burn through that ammo. Yeah, you yeah. know. And um, seven mags, um, I've got four of them. Yeah. You know, seven mag is probably one of my favorite calibers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son's got one. It's a Savage um, 110. Mm-hmm. Um, we built. Uh, we built a load for it, developed a load. He's got Hornady brass, shoots 168 burgers with uh, 57 or so grains. I don't even remember what his load, I'd have to look what his load is, maybe 60-some grains of H1000. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that gun likes the bullet all the way up to the lands and grooves. I think we're shooting with his like 2,000s off the lands, 3,000s off the lands. Hmm. And we bought it for him for his 12th birthday. He's almost 17 now. I've had the same scope. I have the hmm. same load for it all this time, and he can lay down behind that thing, and you know he can shoot a thousand, eleven hundred yards with it, no problems. He's killed you know? a lot of shit with that guy. Yeah, he has. That <laughs> I'll tell you what, that kid is—he's killed a lot of shit. He's been pretty lucky. You know, the the first buck he killed with it, he had a cast on. You Very know? lucky, really. Yeah, yeah had a That's cast crazy. on, and he shot it seventy-five yards and got it mounted and everything. So he was a good buck. And huh. um, but so the savages and um. The Remingtons, uh, my dad's got a Howa 7 mag, model 1500, mm-hmm. basically an identical replica of a oh. model 700. Mm-hmm. Hey, I killed a bear at 1082 with that gun. Really? And it was like, how far is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me, <laughs> and the um, the scope that's on there still is a Nikon Monarch, it was before they went to the Monarch 3s, 5s, 7s, you know, so just the Nikon Monarch, mm-hmm. and you could send in all your information. They'd cut a turret for you, send your turret back. Oh, that's cool. Well, the turret's only cut to 1,000 yards. So <laughs> on the app that I have, it would tell you how many clicks. So I'd, I had to count clicks, and I think it was like 106 clicks or something <laughs> to get the 1082. So I'm, I'm counting in my head, you know, as I'm turning this thing. And since then, I made a chart. This many yards is this many clicks. This many mm-hmm. yards is this many clicks. But... Um, range it and it was 1082. It was you know, an hour before dark and laid down behind it, got comfortable. And I was like, all right, you ready? <laughs> uh, my son was with me and Chad was with me and I was like, yeah, go for it. And shoot. And they're like, smoked it. I'm like, yeah, right. No way. You know? And huh. Hey, so we went over there and couldn't get down on it. Went down the wrong part. You know, it got dark. And mm-hmm. so we ended up getting out there and went over there the next morning. I mean, like, three inches behind the shoulder just really? freaking smoked huh. and i was in awe like there is no way you're standing there looking across this canyon going holy shit yeah. we shot from there you know yeah. from one landing across the canyon basically below another landing you know off of the below this rock bluff where mm-hmm. this bear was feeding and 
and and that was a factory gun with a, mm-hmm. a whip machine muzzle brake. It's a clamp on muzzle brake. Really? And uh, we put one on Braden's gun. I just, I just pulled them up looking for their name. Yeah. Whip machine. It, it is all you do is you measure the with a pair of calipers. You measure the end of the muzzle and an inch and a half back. Mm-hmm. You send it to them what caliber it is, and they'll cut it, send it back to you. You put some Loctite on the barrel, put that brake on there, and <laughs> tighten down the screws in the sequence that they tell you. It's freaking awesome. Really? I mean, $89 shipped to you. That's yeah. crazy. Item is made to order five to seven days for delivery. That's yeah. really impressive. Dude, that's, that's what I put on my I didn't, know, I didn't first, know that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, first long range right. build is I just wanted a muzzle brake, and that was Brian's recommendation, you know, for like, you know, something to start out with. And right, and no he bought complaints. a Savage um, 116. A, 111. Oh, one, a 111. Yeah, Sorry. Stainless. He got a 111 stainless, mm-hmm. and that's before the 116. So he got a 111 stainless mm-hmm. and then bought the Bell and Carlson stock, and we betted it and put that on there and came up with a load, um, shooting basically the same load I have, the Burger 210s mm-hmm. with 73, 4, whatever it is, grains of H1000. Um, I did notice a big difference with um, CCI primers versus federal primers versus Remington primers. Your groups for me changed quite a bit, mm-hmm. and what numbers mean on those, I have no idea. I don't know which ones are hotter, which ones are colder, but the Remingtons between the was it like a nine and a half or a nine or whatever. I know that those ones hotter than the other, but mm-hmm. the Federal two fifteens, that's what all the forums talk about, you know. And I did a, a lot of reading about this stuff, and yeah. I mean it's just endless. You know? I'll, I'll tell you when I I was started building loads for my seven mag, and I, I'll tell you why I stopped here. Uh, I was I was researching online like Peterson's Long Range or something like that or all these forums and I'm like Endless. researching yeah researching loads and I ended up on uh, burgers you know I, I don't, it's so long ago one of these burger VLDs probably or something mm-hmm. like that and uh, worked up this load took it out to the range uh, me and my three buddies out Canyonville range me and three buddies are out there shooting I put in my first uh, first round and then boom. I blow up my gun, blew up my bolt, hit my buddy oh. with shit next to me like four feet. I had powder burns all over my face. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. And it looked like a pistol casing. There was no neck by the time it was – I had to take it to Kurt. He had to – somehow he had to take the gun apart to get it out. Sure. And uh, I guess what happened is that I I followed the, the load data. It was complete bullshit, and it was half of the – Powder so I you didn't have used. enough powder in I, there. It created like a bomb, right? In so the it goes. It, that's crazy. You don't put enough powder in a, yeah. in a case. It Boom. blows the other direction. Yeah, that's what it did. Yeah, that's it's mind-boggling me how that works. <sighs> Where did you get that load data? It was off of some, oh, some website. Forum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> so guy used. I just I was oh, like, no. fuck this. I'm shooting factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and so I shot factory. <laughs> uh, you know, six, seven, eight hundred yards. I would say semi-accurately. Right. And, uh, with SSTs, ALDs, right. ELDXs. And, and now you can get some high-performance factory ammunition. That, oh, yeah. You know, where, Super performance through Hornady's pretty damn accurate. I first started you know, trying to get into this long-range stuff. So mm-hmm. when we first started with this, um, we had bought my daughter a, uh, a Savage 110. Uh-huh. Um, it put a Nikon, like, pro staff scope on it, just run-of-the-mill, you know, $250, $300 scope on there, mm-hmm. and it had the BDC reticles in there. So then I found the app for the BDC reticles, yeah. and I started looking that up. You know, well, okay, <laughs> enter all your info in there. Well, the top of this circle is this, the top of this one's this, and this mm-hmm. and this. Change the power, and it, you know, it's a second focal plane yeah. scope. 
Or first focal. I always get those two mixed Second, up. yeah. If, you, if you're having to be on a certain power, it's a second. Right, second. Okay. Yeah. So, And then you can go to expanded ballistics, and mm. it tells you what the top, the middle, and the bottom of every one is, and then the top of post. And, well, on – I think it was on, like, nine power. I think it was a, a four to – four to 15 or something and on nine power the top of post was a thousand yards really so i was like well let's see if this really works you know so we set out there to you know we had some a burger loaded up 168s so i don't even remember what the load is for it and mm -hmm. we set the gong out there at a grand and <laughs> turned that son of a bitch to nine you know at nine power you know at the top of the post on that nine power you're you're pretty much covering up right more than the gong and right Boom, bong. <laughs> You're like, no, no way. <laughs> Holy shit, do that again. You know, so then that's how we pretty much got started in this whole long yeah. range thing. And then we got a different scope for it where we didn't have to do the different powers, you know, and yeah. and use the reticles like in, in that sense. And, and now the, the scopes that we use have, depends on what, if you want, MOAs if you want mills um, yeah you know I mean there's there's still you can go I went with mill uh, back when I started just because I I struggled over which one do I choose and then finally like you know what just pick one and I went with mill and uh, it, for me it, the math was easier right because it's des like tens right it's easier and so that's that's why I went with with mills <laughs> I mean I could still do MOAs it's really easy once you understand it it's pretty damn easy most of the scopes sure. that is my mom has a gun works it's like, I don't know, it's a 264 by era. That's a 65 by 284. A Gunworks gun? Yeah. And, and whole that, setup, whole shebang. And so it, literally you just dial to the yardage. It tells you on the scope. Right. And then you can order different yeah. turrets for that yeah. through um, Gunworks for yeah. different elevations that you're going to be hunting at. Yeah. It is. That thing is legit. Let me right. tell you. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, you know, Aaron Davidson and um, whatever yeah. his brother's name, those guys put in some time. Dude. You know. That is a true out of the box. <laughs> right. With thousand yard gun. But um, so, yeah. So if, I, if I'm going to go and... I'm Joe Schmo, and I'm going to go buy a. Uh, let's just call. Let's just start with the uh, Remington 700 long range. What would be some things that you would do to that gun firsthand to go out and shoot 800 plus yards? Well, the Remington 700 long range, um, I believe, already comes with an HS Precision stock on it. I believe. I believe so. It's been so long since I've been out um, of it. It comes with an HS Precision stock or a Bell and Carlson Medalist. They're pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. um, Right out of the box, depending on what caliber it was, I'd probably put a break on it. Um, I like, not just because of the recoil, but I like it where you're not, your sight picture doesn't come off the target so yes. far with the break. You know, for me, that's, you know, as much tournament archery as I shoot, I like my sight picture to stay where it's at, you know. So when I squeeze that trigger and it breaks, it's moving a little bit and I'm right back on target. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, for a Remington Model 700, that's a long range one. I mean, you're, you're paying a thousand bucks for the gun, you know, 1100 bucks for the gun. And depending on what it is, you might have to buy, if you're not, if you don't have any means of reloading, mm -hmm. you might go buy five different manufacturers of ammo and none of those work. When well, I go buy five different manufacturers with five different <laughs> grains of bullets, right. none of those work, or you can just go buy. So my, my buddy Brady last year, um, not 20 it was 2017 he went to sportsman's the the howa he bought was on sale for three and a quarter and then there was like a hundred dollar mail-in rebate so we bought it for like nothing 
and we developed the same load. He shoots the identical load that I shoot out of my Model 700 mm -hmm. that he shoots out of his Howa 1500, has a um, whip machine muzzle brake, clamp-on muzzle brake on it, hmm. and his gun shoots better than mine does. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, it, it pisses me off. So, and my dad's got, um, he had a, Kurt build him a gun um, yeah. off of a Model 700. He mm -hmm. had him build him a 300 Win Mag. Um, put a heart barrel on it, an HS Precision stock on it, you know, had the full deal. Everything's blueprinted. You know, it's a it's a really nice gun. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a Night Force scope on it. Brady's freaking $500 setup shoots better than my dad's custom gun. Really? And it's like, you, you just never know what you're getting. You know, and I, I had, when we first got that gun, the whip machine break, um, they didn't drill the hole right in the center of it, so it was pushing the bullet down. And I kept thinking, like, there's something wrong with this gun. Da, 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 da. We had a bunch of problems doing this and that. And so I called Howe, and I was talking to one of the machinists in Reno. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, you can send it back to me. We'll pay for the shipping, but I'm going to guarantee you it's not this gun. These The Japanese make these guns so precise. They're so anal and OCD mm -hmm. with these guns. It's not the gun. I'm telling you, it was tested before it was shipped, but we're more than willing to send you a label, You know, do everything you need. Right. Well, so then we got frustrated one day, and I, I got my borescope out, and I looked down the barrel, you know, thinking, well, maybe there's some pits or something in the barrel. No. You could when you when I went to go put that borescope in from the muzzle, you could see you know the light on the borescope mm -hmm. that the the muzzle brake wasn't drilled center; it was slightly off center. Mm -hmm. So it and you couldn't see where the bullet was hitting the muzzle brake. It was just close enough that it was just kept pushing it down. You couldn't hit a hundred yards; you run out of um, up travel in it. Cause, really? And it, so I called Whip Machine, and they're like, "That's possible. We'll send you another one." Really? Sent me another one. Pulled that one off. Put the new one on, and just fix the problem huh. and he's got under a half minute group on it perfect it, it's it's amazing and let me show you he's got like 600 bucks into it right and it shoots that good you know and you can do the same thing with savage you know savage has the um, free floating bolt head on there now mm. you know which helps squaring up the bolt head you know to your to the back of your casing and you know there's a lot of stuff that these manufacturers do now where if you want the long range gun it's it's now more available at a cheaper cost, but right. a lot of times it's still the same quality. Well, you see these guys, and I've had these endless conversations with one one of my buddies. He's just a gun nut, and uh, you know we're talking about all these about doing a shoot off with all these budget guns. You know, you've got mm -hmm. the the Ruger Predators, right? Um, the Savage Axis, mm -hmm. how the cheaper Howa fifteen hundreds, like the cheap ones. I forget which ones they're called. It might just be fifteen hundred. Like a four hundred dollar rifle. Yeah, like you can go down. Yeah. You can go to Sportsman's right now and buy a Howa fifteen hundred. I think any day for I don't know between three and four fifty, yeah. maybe maybe five hundred. Yeah. No more than five, I wouldn't think. Yeah, and it seems like on all the tests I've seen, the Ruger uh, Predators are on top for just overall performance out of them. But sure, um, there's plenty of those guys rigging those things up with a good scope, which I agree is more important than mm -hmm. you know the rifle for most folks. And and uh, Shooting a thousand yards with a four hundred dollar gun, I and, and even you know the, the scope thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different manufacturers now that are on board with everybody else that right. you can get a less expensive scope now and still have the ability. You might it might not be as clear, right? Or you know, especially you know on a lighter lighter light condition, you know, early morning, late evening type thing, but. They, they track fine. You run them all the way up. You shoot from, you know, 200 out to 1,000 and run them mm -hmm. back down and do it again. And your impact doesn't change. You know, right. they're, they're still tracking good. Right. You're, you're spending 300 bucks on the scope. That's a 5 to 20. 
Yeah. That your your buddy laying next to you has a custom gun made, and it's you know a twenty five hundred dollar gun, and he's got a twenty five hundred dollar scope on it, and he's getting frustrated because you're over there like just having fun <laughs> drinking a beer, going, look at this, yeah, let me shoot your gun. What's the matter with your gun? Yeah, you know, for a third and, of the price. Yeah, <laughs> you know that gets frustrating. You can you can get those you know wouldn't call them a lower end scope, but a more like a mid range scope and like your custom caliber with you know yeah. BDC information straight from yeah. the factory for like you know 500 bucks under 500 bucks really? nowadays yeah well yeah and if you're uh, for me i i, I wasn't going to go into scopes but this conversation's mm. go leading into scopes i personally just because i'm a hunter first i don't give a really crap about target shooting i want first focal plane because i'm going to be the Absolutely. guy yeah. that forgets to be on 12 power when i'm using my <laughs> right <laughs> now yeah. some of these scopes like um i've got a vortex long range hunter mm-hmm. scope um it's the it's the viper the viper lr um, HSLR? HS, sorry, yeah. yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, HSLR. Yeah. I've got the um, Viper PST on my... And it's a 4 to 16. Yeah. And the 4 to 16 scope, it has the reticle in it. You can get the different powers with the same reticle. Well, I can use any power and stay on that, and that reticle will keep yep. me accurate. Yep. Now, if you go to the 5 to 20... It's only accurate on 18 power, and that really? that 18 is highlighted. You know, if you want, so if you're shooting at on 20 power and you miss, and you see where your point of impact is, and you're holding on target, you see where your point of impact is. Well, you can't use the hash marks on the reticle because you're not on the right power. You do that on 18 power. Well, now you can adjust accordingly. Like, okay, I'm a half minute right, so you can just move a half minute. Boom. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of first of all, and I'll play for it too. Right. I mean, it's worth it for me. Absolutely. I mean, um, but f- for the one that I have is the Viper PST. It's the first long range scope. It's the only long range scope I have, and it's been pretty damn good for the money. You know, if you're going to buy a first focal plane on like a Night Force, you're probably what two thousand bucks. Yeah, I think. Mm. Well, my dad depends on which one you get. My dad bought the um, it's the S S V H. Mm. Um, shooting varmint hunting, mm-hmm. I think is what it stands for. Mm. Um, I think he bought that one. It was like thirteen, maybe. Really? I think you could probably find them. Was it first focal plane? Yeah, first. Really? Focal plane. I didn't know they made a cheap first focal. So plane that's like the that. when you turn your power up, your, your everything stays the same. It just yes. gets closer, right? Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your reticle doesn't come in, and right? Yeah, yeah. That shit's crazy. I can't do that. <laughs> I had a, a couple of Bushnell elites that that were second focal plane, and they were in mills mm. with a. I had the Horus reticle in one of them, and you want to talk about a busy reticle, right? Oh my god, that whole thing is a grid. You know, well, it's a grid because it's a. You know, a lot of military guys use that reticle. Right. You know. So, in your opinion, for for somebody starting off, um, you would go maybe cheaper on the gun. Keep. Well, I mean, what would be your if I you're would, trying to build, say, a $1,200 long gun, you could do that, obviously. Oh, what would be your recipe for that? Um, so, basically, so in the calibers. Yeah. Pretty much every caliber that that model comes in, they're pretty close to the same price. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, unless you're talking like the newer 28 Nosler, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a, a one of the, some of these newer calibers, those are going to be a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, but... Let's say just a run-of-the-mill 7 mag, 300 wind mag, 300 short, you know, 243, they're all going to be the same price, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, I mean, you could get you get a Savage 110, 111, um, 116. The 116 is is um, stainless. I've got one of those. Um, I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sell my wife's 116, too. The barrel's too short on it, and I can't uh, get enough muzzle velocity out of it. Oh, I see. With Burger 168s, it's only... 
I think like 2,700 feet a second because the barrel's so damn short. Oh, wow. You know, and I tried shooting 180s out of it, and it was like 25-something. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> well, it's got a super short barrel. Sweet huh. gun. Just in, Is that a 24-incher? Or? Uh, 22. Is it that short? And it's got a, a muzzle brake on it that's factory that you can turn on and off. Really? That That's pretty. Mine doesn't have that. Well, this was this is huh. not the new 116 Weather Warriors. Oh. This is just the 116. Oh, I see. So, and the the safety is it, the back of the um, action is flat. Your back, your action is rounded. Mm. So that's the same thing with his. He bought, well, he bought his for what was it, 500 bucks? Yeah, bought it I used mean, from a guy I'm for on, 500 I'm under, bucks. I'm into mine under hmm. just under 1200 bucks. <laughs> I'm trying to sell mine brand new for 650. And he's got, um, he's got the Bell and Carlson. The um, hmm. Viper HSLR, nice. the whip machine muzzle brake, mm-hmm. and bedded the action. Bedded the action on Timney it. Timney trigger. Oh, and put a Timney on it. Perfect. Yeah, that's like what one fifty for the trigger. Uh, I think it's close to a hundred bucks. Yeah, bucks for I the think trigger. there's still a hundred bucks for the trigger because I've got cool. on my three and mag. I got a Timney trigger on it. Um, all the Savages. Um, when I was with Savage, um, I had I had called them and was like, "Hey, I need your target spring." And mm-hmm. they'll send you a target spring, so you can buy different springs for it, but they won't do the target spring unless you have, um, uh, what's that, federal firearms license or something. They oh, your class three or whatever. They won't send you that spring, oh, but really? I, I got some of those springs, which make it, you can go down to eight ounces with it. Hmm. And that, I'd turn it down to eight ounces just to see. And I'm <laughs> telling you, well, on your on your AccuTrigger, you guys that are listening, if you shoot Savage, you know what the AccuTrigger is. When you yeah. go to pull that AccuTrigger back, like as soon as that AccuTrigger comes back and you touch the trigger, Goes you know, eight, off. eight ounces is nothing. Right. It, it was it's scary. So I was like, no, I'll I'll eight change that. Scary. Yeah. You know, I put that back up. I think now they're all set right around a pound, a pound and a half. Right. See, in that's there. where I have most mine about a pound and a half. And that's where I left my Timney. It was it came set at a pound and a half, and that's Perfect. where I left it. Yeah. Um, the Howa, um, Brady's Howa. Um, I took that and backed that thing off, messed with it quite a bit, and mm-hmm. then. Um, John Rains, um, he bought a Timmy trigger for his Howa. His Howa pounds, just yeah. like I mean. So my dad's Howa, Brady's Howa, and Rains's Howa, they just <laughs> flat out knock shit down. Yeah. I mean, they are impressive. Just and and they're all in them under you know six seven hundred bucks yeah. with the optics on them. Yeah, I've actually I think in that that sleeve there, I've got a Howa fifteen hundred and a two hundred four Ruger. I mean, uh, those guns are freaking accurate. awesome. It's crazy. So accurate. Yeah. And it was like, so when John bought that gun, he asked Kurt, what what should I buy for this price? He said, get a Howa 1500 and a 7 mag and use, he uses um, 7828, uh, Burger 168, 7828, I'm not sure what brass he uses. Mm-hmm. The only load he's ever made. And it just flat pounds. Really? It's amazing. That's crazy. You know, and uh, it, you're, you're in it pretty cheap, you know, but then you see all these long range commercials where, oh, well, that's uh, out of the box, thousand yards, you know, well, a lot of those guns, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, your mom's got one of those. Yeah. It's like a, I don't want to say like, how much you spent on it, but it's like. It's like five grand. Oh, nine. Is it? I think it was closer to For nine. For the whole full package and all that. The whole, she got the range finder with it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the BR2. The, the range finder itself is another freaking, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. I think it's like 1500 for the range finder. Yeah. <laughs> but that one, that's an awesome range finder. Yeah. Though. That does more than, more than your phone and another range finder can do put yes, together. Dude, it is legit. It's, it is impressive. Yeah. That's for your straight up, your. I'm going to try to win a tournament with this. You know, you get a lot of ballistic information off of it. The windage corrections. That's right. what, for me, that's like, 
that's my whole problem is I don't shoot enough to be good enough at the windage column. Yeah, see me either. Yeah, and it's like that takes the fun out of I'm it. I'm like, is the wind me. blowing? Don't look yeah. like it. Let's yeah. go. That's what I love hunting <laughs> on semi-foggy mornings. It's like, okay, I can see what the wind's doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you're, you're asking about the basic platform. You can get any one of those. You know, even Savage, the one, 110, 111s, you know, those are the same same action. The 116s the same action. They're just different coatings on the three actions is all the difference is. Um, you can get those 500 bucks for the gun, you know, five, 600 bucks, I think. Uh, the 116, since they're stainless, you know, obviously they're going to be a little bit more. But mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure you can get like a 110 or a 111, you know, four or 500 bucks. You find them on sale sometimes and whatnot. And, um, my son's got one. My daughter's got one. My wife's got one. And mm-hmm. they all pound, you know, and it's it's really cheap. Um, kept the same stock on it. Don't have, didn't change the stocks on any of them. Uh, put a 20 MOA rail on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then put, uh, so Mason has, um, a Vortec, uh, just a Vortec Viper. I don't even think it's a Viper HD. It's not the LR. It's just a Viper five to 20, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a, a, doesn't have a target turret on it, but it, you can take the cap off and you can turn it, you know, use the app or whatever, however many minutes you need, mm-hmm. you know, it's got the reticles inside. My dad's got the same thing on his and my wife's the same way and they're in them. Less than a grand. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're under a thousand bucks with that's, those. That's killer. Because you can get, um, I mean, you can get those scopes for three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks. I would much rather spend more money on the optic than the the rifle itself. Same here. You know, there's a lot to do with that, and not just the scope, but the scope rings. You know, oh well, I, it's like you're gonna spend. X dollars on the on the <laughs> rifle. You're going to spend X dollars on the scope. So now you're to say together you're in at twelve hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, right. hundred, whatever it is. Why in the hell would you go and buy a twenty dollar pair of rings to put that scope right. onto that onto that gun? You know. I'm glad you said that because yeah. uh, you can see I got my Wheeler kit up there. You know, you can lap the rings. You can, I have the same kit. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, love it. Love it. I've used the shit out of it. I have so many people like, hey, can I borrow your lapping gear? I, I, I need to lap some rings. I'm like, dude, there's like 40 bucks. Right. No <laughs> re- shit. There's, there's no reason to skimp on that, like you said. No, not and at all. That's that's a good example to me of something you can do for, I mean, any one of these guns we're throwing around is a good example of like, you know, just how far you want to take things. But again, you can make a really efficient rifle for right. for not you know breaking the bank. Well, it's guys wanting that's to go a example. buy a $1,200 bow and then go hunting with, you know, some Allen broadheads from Weimar. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, you know, you can get it done, but why, why are you cheaping yeah. out on yep. that? Right. Yep. You know, and so go over um, real quick rings and bases because we're throwing out some terminology here that if we're starting off at basic, you're saying you had a 40 uh, MOA, but... I've got a 40 MOA on my 300 Win Mag. And the only reason that I did that is because I, like I said earlier, I got this obsession for range. a mile, you know, yeah. and I, I wanted to have, I didn't want to have to do any holdover once I ran out of internal travel. Right. So put a 40 MOA rail on there that kind of eliminates that. Right. And I, I still think I'm, I think I'm running out of travel. I'm just shy of a mile with that. But really? still you can get, you can get zero, five, 10, 20. 40, 20, you yep. know, um, the most popular one I think is a 20. That's what um, I run. Weaver makes, um, yep. I think you can get a Weaver one for 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an, it's an aluminum one. Um, um, I run feral, feral industries, um, I, my rail's a hundred bucks. You don't obviously don't have to have that, but right. it's all steel. Um, I can take, I can take my scope from one gun with the ferrule rail and put it on another gun with a ferrule rail and not move my rings at all. It, it will fit in between each lug just the same as it does on every other one. Perfect. You know, so then that makes, that's a pretty big deal. You know, they're, uh, 
they make rings. So if you get feral rings, I don't know how many other manufacturers do this. I'm sure there's some of them. Um, when, if you get a set of feral rings, um, and this is who uh, my buddy Stan Pate, um, shoots for Savage. He told me to go with Feral. He's what he shoots. I was like, dude, you got gold medals. I'm with it. <laughs> All right. You know, so they take a solid piece of steel. Uh-huh. They drill it, machine it, cut it. And it's one piece. The rear is the rear. The front is the front. You can't switch caps. There is no lapping needed in those. Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the less expensive ones, or if you, if you take a, and something else, if you get a $200 set of rings, don't put them on a, $20 base, you know, <laughs> right. don't set them on a $20 base. Cause that just because you got the good rings doesn't mean your base is true. So your rings are lined up, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what the lapping kit does. You know, the, the lapping kit is if you get a base, that's not, it's not as accurate or not so much accurate, but as precise right. as your rings or vice versa, you got to put a lapping kit in there and get rid of that. You know, like, you know, you've done it. You, you mm-hmm. put some lapping compound on there and you go to town on it, you wipe it all off and you can start seeing where it wore here and didn't wear here and everything. Right. And you keep going. And, um, if you do that with, uh, like a feral or, you know, you can get the night force ones, you know, there's, I mean, there's so many other manufacturers that make really good rings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you tried that on those, nothing would happen. They, everything would be perfect. center center. It would be yeah. perfect. Yeah. It, well, that's what you're getting. You're paying. You're you get what you pay for on, on everything, right? You know, especially when you're going down this road. Well, it seems like a lot of the guys that get into it, they don't. You know, they just like I was guilty when I got into it. I'm like twenty a moy, what? And then right, I'm right. like, now so, I got to spend sixty, seventy bucks on on rings, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just it just compounds, and so you know, like buying or excuse me, bases, and then um, they do have rings that are, uh, I believe, MOA yes, as well. Yes, you can. Um, actually, the the rings that I have on my 300 wind mag with the 40 moa base mm-hmm. has burris rings on it and you can take there's these little plastic shims in there and you can shim them you can go zero five and ten thousands i think you can you might even be able to order different ones online um but i've also shimmed mine up in the back so i get that much more travel out shim it up in the back and down on the front mm-hmm. or you can buy just rings by themselves that are twenty thousands or 20 moa rings right right and i believe that one moa is pretty equivalent to i want to say like a thousandth a ten thousandth of an inch or something really um on your on your cans um I, i've heard that somewhere i haven't really read it anything i thought i heard yeah, that i'm not sure but that's that's outside of my wheelhouse i, I, I know but. that uh, i've heard guys um they've taken to get a little bit more before they had um canted bases mm-hmm. they would take um like soda cans and cut them up and stack it underneath the back to really to raise the back of that up, you know, and you'd get ten thousandths. I think ten thousandths was was a minute or ten minutes or something like that. I think that might have been where that came from. But Interesting. It's like you did what? Yeah. <laughs> There's some well, shady nobody, shit going yeah, on. <laughs> nobody made this shit, so we're inventing it right now. Right, you know, right. you know, before uh, before they came out with the the lizard tongue launcher for archery, there were mm-hmm. guys they take feeler gauges and they drill holes in the feeler gauges and put them on their rest <laughs> and then take a file the same diameter as their arrow. Like, really? And Rain's taught me this, and when he did this, um, when he was shooting pins and winning all over the place with pins, he would make a lizard tongue out of feeler gauges. You get the eight thousandths or the ten thousandths thick, and that's what you'd shoot for target archery. And he'd get a, a file and just file a little notch in that thing, and really? he'd shoot a freaking feeler gauge on his wrist. That's crazy. <laughs> and then Spawnog put a patent on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's standard now. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, you know the rings, the ring thing. I mean, if you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, you don't really have to. Um, but that could be like. 
the difference between your gun's capability and the capability it has with the scope on it. Right. You know, you you buy that. Well, I've had I've had the cheap rings, the cheap cheap weaver rings, like those super cheap ones. And now I go with the tactical weaver rings. It's got the three Allens on each uh-huh. side. Right. It's those super are solid. Very popular. Yeah. Very popular. Very highly talked about. Recommended. You yeah. Know, and, and I like not, them. And, yeah. I mean, like you can get them for like, 30, 40 bucks, 60 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah, I think. Like and uh, I've never had, I mean, I've had scopes move on me mm-hmm. with the cheaper ones. And, um, you know, it's probably more prone with it, with a bigger caliber without a break. You know, you right. start getting that more recoil. You, you can buy cheap rings with a 22 and be okay. Sure. I mean, sure. But uh, you know what I've seen, and because I've had the groups that look like a like an exponential curve, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because your scope's moving, and so you're just shooting higher and higher and higher and higher every time. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Um, uh, been through all that shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, when I first started doing this, and you know, I've been doing it. I don't know, five or six years now. And, mm-hmm. you know, by no means an expert in any sort of way, I know enough now to get really, really frustrated and want to throw everything away. <laughs> That's about my knowledge point right, right there, you know. And uh, when I first started doing it, none of it made sense. Like you said, MOA what? Like, what the hell's an MOA? <laughs> right. Well, it's uh, there's 60 minutes and da, da, da. I'm like, you're not making English, but okay, English, right. you know. Well, I remember just when I was starting out, and I, I just came to a point where I had to choose between bows or guns because I didn't have enough money to go around for both, and I didn't have enough time to be good at both. Right. And so I was like, I'm just going to be more – I'm just going to be an archery guy, you know. And so I'll, you know, I have a Rock Chucker Supreme downstairs, a reloading kit, brand new setup for like three years now. <laughs> right, like, and you can get the Rock Chucker kit, the Supreme uh-huh. kit. You can get It comes with a press. You can get – there's a couple of different ways you can get the kit. You can mm-hmm. get it with the press. Um, they all come with the press. Um you can get the uh, a, a scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that. a hand primer in them. You know, yep. it depends on how big of a kit. You can get the Supreme kit or yep. just the you know the Smaller. low end kit. You yeah. know, and, but so. the Rock Chucker is that's pretty standard in industry. You know, there's lots of guys there. Yeah. Rock Chuckers are everywhere. My dad's used that since I. I don't know. It's like the same exact kit he's had, and I remember him having that one as a kid. Yeah. My dad has the exact same one that he's had since mm-hmm. I was a kid, and mine is identical to his. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's 10 years old or whatever it is, five right. years old. And so the uh, there's a lot of newer presses that are out there from different companies now that I think are, are just as good as that. You know, everybody's catching on just like the long-range stuff with the rifle and the scopes, and, you know, it's from one end to the other. Everybody's starting to... to dabble and everything you know whatever they right. can you know make more money with and sell stuff and right well I was, I was thinking about like because we're all three pretty similar with the bows and then like the middle ground where you're just going out and hunt with a regular rifle anymore it's it presents less of a challenge than hunting with long range and i know it sounds probably wrong to a lot of people but a lot of people think that way it's like crazy. dude that's it's just too easy i'm like then you haven't shot long range man right like, like you're, you're not getting the point here you bud. only get one or two shots if you're lucky two right. shots and you have to hit bullseye on the first shot there's none of this shoot at a rock six times and then on the seventh try you hit it right. i mean you don't get that no and that's something we've all done too is yeah. go, there's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that's that's a whole lot more fun than going out in the middle of the day when you're shooting hunting or some something. rocks yeah. let's go pound some rocks how far is that one i don't know my range finder won't pick it up yeah. perfect let's shoot at that one. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know yeah that, it's like that, stump shooting with a recurve <laughs> yeah that's half the fun of it you know and, it is and and there's a lot of benefits from that mm-hmm. you know and those guys are like oh the long range stuff longer you guys don't know how to hunt da, 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 da. well let's me and you both go out and we'll see we'll see what happens let me show you right. how i hunt I'll, you show me how you hunt and we'll see you know let's see your trophy room you know what what have you got mm-hmm. you know oh you shoot 
Yeah, you've got your three by nine Tasco, and on your thirty out six, you've had for you know fifty years, right. you know, and you've killed like six bucks. You've been driving down the road and shot one off a cut bank, mm-hmm. you know. Cool. That's that's you. Yeah. You know, I don't just buy a gun, buy some ammo, and be like, hey, I'm gonna go kill a buck at twelve hundred yards. I mean, realistically, all of the opportunities that I've had at shooting, um, shooting at any game animal. You always think like, man, if I could just, I want that five, six, seven hundred yard shot, you know, plenty of time to set up. You just, they're not presentable, at least on the West side, you know, maybe, right. you know, Eastern Oregon, you know, Colorado and stuff where it's a lot more open and flatter than it is over mm-hmm. here. You just, you, it, those opportunities aren't there that often. Right. You know, you're shooting, um, the first buck that we killed together, it was 300 yard shot, you know, and that was just, that was straight downhill, 300 yards smoked. You know, um, he killed one this year. It was like 75 yards. You know, Mason's killed a couple, and they're like 200 yards, you mm-hmm. know, 300 yards. Everything has always been under 300. I did have an opportunity to the buck that he killed this year. I, I sh- found him at like 550, hmm. and I'm watching him going. And I set my dialed my turret up to 550, you know, and I'm ranching him. I'm going, you guys see him? He's like, I don't see him. I don't see him. I'm like, he's going in the timber. I'm screwed. I'm shooting. <laughs> You know, and I let it fly because I couldn't wait any longer. It was going to disappear. Uh-huh. That's the thing is they just disappear in right. the topography we're hunting. Yeah. yeah it, you, it, don't, you don't have time to go get it to that closer ridge, get 300. Right. The animal's going to be gone. And the topography and the, you know, right. the type of brush, timber, everything you put together. Well, in a black tail, that could but, be the only day he's out in the daylight. Exactly. It's very true. Yeah, very you know? true. It's a rarity. Yeah. But, you know. So. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that get really aggravated with the long range thing. I don't just go out and shoot, see if my rifle's dialed in, you know, the day before rifle season starts. Right. Like, you know, a lot of guys do that shoot from the pickup, you know. I, you know, I'm shooting two or 300 rounds a year, you know. I'm, I'm reloading constantly. I'm constantly buying bullets and buying powder and buying primers, you know. Mm-hmm. You look in my reloading room and I've got 15 pounds of H1000 and Rotumbo and RL22 and, you know, IMR4350. Right. I've got 5,000 federal 215 primer sitting down there and i got stacks of dyes brass everywhere you know it's not like i just grab this stuff and go you know do whatever i shoot a lot you know and that's mm-hmm. the same thing you know a lot of these bow hunter guys they go out and they shoot their bow twice three times before the season starts and yeah. they're like oh man i made a perfect shot and he got away and it wasn't a perfect shot you know it's a it's the same thing with a rifle same thing with a rifle Oh, I shot him. I mean, just right behind the shoulder, broke both shoulders, you know, whatever it may right. be. And we never found him. Uh. Well, it wasn't that good of a shot then. You know, I don't know about you, but every time I've shot one and I've broke both front shoulders or shot right behind both front shoulders, right. the son of a bitch is dead. Right. It can't be not dead. You know, there's vitals up there that with a rifle, especially, it just makes jello out of that stuff. Right. You know, oh, it was a perfect shot. No, you know why? Because you don't <laughs> shoot. You know, you don't do that stuff. And, you know, long range hunting. You put those two together, long range and hunting, and it, I think it's a it, it does present more of a challenge. Yeah, I'm more impressed with a guy shooting a deer at uh, a thousand yards than I am at 150. And it, it's not like archery. I'm more impressed by a 20 yard shot than I am a hundred yard shot. You right. know, because that's to me that's archery. Right. But rifle hunting, it's like, man, you know, cool. You got within 200 yards, but that guy that just shot one bullet at that at that animal at 800, I'm he's probably working his craft more. Right, you know? and he's something. That's something that I guarantee. If you go and talk to that guy, at least 
the majority of those guys. Right. Not all of them, but the majority of mm-hmm. them. You're going to have a pretty long conversation about load data and load testing. Oh, and what yeah. bullets are you using? What gun did you try this with? You know, and it's going to yeah. go on and on and on before you know it. You know, you guys are talking, then you end up going shooting together or something. Right. You know? I mean, those guys, they put a lot right. of time and, and effort into what they're doing. Right. And for the guys that are going out and getting it and get done with a 3 by 9 that's nothing wrong with that. They probably no. have, they could very possibly have better woodsmanship skills than the guy shooting them at 1,000. It's it's just so many different factors. Right. You know, like a trad, trad hunter versus a compound hunter probably has better woodsmanship skills. Probably has better stalking skills because he's going to have to get closer. Sure. You know, sure. it's just... Anybody can judge anybody that uses anything unless you're using your hands, <laughs> you yeah, know, you know, and, and a knife, or you're you're that dude that chokes that cougar out, and <laughs> for that you're jogging, you're yeah, just like you're just jogging, chokehold, yeah, bitch, what now? Yeah, so t- to all of us, that guy's the primitive one, and you know, it doesn't even matter if you use a, a trad bow, you're not primitive as that guy choking out freaking cougars with your bicep. No, no you're a freaking stud. <laughs> yeah, you, you deserve a medal or something. I for that. should get. I I am gonna try and get that guy on the show. That would be cool. I, it'd just be a cool conversation. <laughs> yeah, like how did you do that? Yeah. So don't show me, but like tell me about it. <laughs> your your sweet solvent up there. Oh that, yeah, that's sweets, right? Um, that is sweet seven six two solvent. Yeah. So that's uh, that's another. I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but the the cleaning part of your gun. Mm, you know, that's important too, because uh, yeah, I mean, we should, because when I blew a, one of my rifles up, um. I had brass fouling just everywhere, and I cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned it. Unless you use the right solvent, right? Copper or uh, brass, copper, whatever. Copper it's solvent. Co- copper yeah, solvent. I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't get that fouling, I cleaned or whatever until I used that solvent, and I ran so many patches through it. Right. So. And as long as you're running patches through it, and you're still getting blue on the patch, yeah. you're, you're still got a lot of copper in there. Yeah. You know, and that was something else. When we first got into this, I was like, man, you know, I just cleaned this gun, and what the hell? Yeah. Well. Your clean barrel doesn't shoot like a fouled barrel does, and right. you know that's a whole other freaking category. Right. You know, not that I know a lot about it, I just know that it exists. Right. You know, and um, there's a couple of different uh, solvents that I use to um, uh, to get the copper out. There's you know a bunch of different manufacturers now for that. You know, and but there there comes a point where you develop a load. And you start shooting it, and you're shooting well with it, and you go, you get in, you know, 40, 50 rounds, and it starts opening it up, and then you're like, well, the last time I cleaned this son of a bitch was. Right. And then you go, and you, you run some, some copper um, solvent through there, and it's just like blue, 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 yeah, blue, exactly. blue. Holy shit, blue, blue. Like, maybe it was more than 50 rounds, you know? Like, yeah. you just forget about it. And I was guilty of cleaning my rifle at too much because I, I was doing a lot of research with long range guys and like yeah i only clean mine you know this rifle so many x shots this so many x shots i was cleaning mine like every time i went shooting i was cleaning it right. a lot of guys don't do that because no. you don't have to and that's that's something that i learned from stan as well as he, he he said 50 shots yeah i'm like 50 he's like 50 it's he's like i reload a, <laughs> i've got a, my box of reloads holds uh-huh. 50 rounds Shoot that box, clean it. If you don't shoot that box, and and you know this guy, he he knows down to the one round how many rounds have been through that barrel, you know, mm-hmm. in its lifetime. You know, and there's some guys you're gonna trust for information. There's some other guys that's <laughs> like, did you just watch a YouTube video on how to get this done? <laughs> like, like, how did you figure out this part of life? Right. You know? <laughs> right. Well, that's another good point. Is you know, for guys that like to shoot a lot. Um, 
you know, like uh, I hear the 28 or 26s and the 28s go through barrels pretty quick. Nozzlers, rums go through um, barrels quicker. Uh, I think any of the hotter ones are good. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're starting off, maybe, you know, maybe a smaller caliber might be, might be good for you or, uh, you know, like a six, five or a two forty three or something like and that. And that's a, that's another huge debate too, is, you know, you start, you know, on Facebook, there's like a, there's a whole page, a group, a six, five Creedmoor guys. <laughs> right. I want a six, five. Uh-huh. I, I think, I think the ballistics on them are, are pretty cool. You know, They're I, great. Yeah. I, I, I just like, I think it's a cool gun. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit if you don't like it or not. If you've got a bunch of bad shit to say about it, I don't care. Right. You know, it's what I like, you know, it's what I want to build. And there's a, there's enough popularity of now that you, all that stuff's readily available. Right. You know, like the 28 Nosler, you know, it's, it's still like a 338 edge, you know, finding a 338. Yeah. Finding a 300 Ultramag brass to make 338 edge out of is difficult. Or if there's already 338 edge brass, to get in a hold of it is very difficult. Right. You know, but 338 Lapua, it's, you know, you're paying 275 for 100. You yeah. Know, the Lapua brass themselves. Um, I shot Hornady brass, which is like, I think it was 80 bucks for 50 or something. And my gun didn't shoot worth a shit. I switched to Lapua brass and bam, there it was. Really? It was amazing, and I was like, "That was my second Lapua," hmm. and I, I happened to have three brass that I loaded that was with Lapua brass, and I shot those three, and I was like, "No way!" <laughs> Holy shit! You know, look at the back of the brass. <laughs> this was Lapua brass. So then I immediately go home, and you load a bunch more, and you start shooting with Lapua brass, and I, I think I've got, I, I bought a hundred of them, so I, I bet I've got. 90 left i think i've only broke 10 you know and that's really? after six shots you know six reloads out of those oh wow you're reloads. getting that many of them huh? um some of them are you know the ones i was burning up hotter you know during load testing i was mm-hmm. getting four out of you mm-hmm. know or five um the hornady brass I, I got a lot of reloads out of those um i've got some out of my seven mag that are on like seven and eight. Oh wow um those are more like for fouling or just going and shooting at steel you know i won't i i, I missed a buck a few years ago and you repeat that one more time i said yeah Along that story, how do you know when a piece of brass has had enough shots? Well, Tell the story. <laughs> well, there's there's two different uh, there's a couple of different ways you can you can look at that. I missed a buck quite a few years ago with a savage, and I I take a, a sharpie and I make a mark across the primer onto the onto the neck of the brass or the mm-hmm. the base of the brass, and however many loads I put on there, that's how many marks are on there. So when you pop the primer out, you put a new primer in, that marks off the primer, you know, so you can count them. Well, it split all the way down from the the neck all the way down the shoulder. Oh, it was like a hundred yard shot, you know, chip shot, kneeling down, you know, not offhand. I was knelt down, you know, on my knee, and <laughs> buck runs off. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jack another round in there quick. Shoot again. We ran, got in the pickup, run around, see if we couldn't find him again. And I went down. There. I was like, oh shit, I forgot my brass. Well, let's go get my brass real quick. Oh. So I went down there and got my brass and it's cracked right down the side of it. And I was mm. like, mother. Or there's another one um, on my 300 wind mag. It'll blow the back of the brass off. Um, okay. It, and that'll blow it. So you pull the bolt out of there and you get like a little dental pick and, and you pull the right. pull the rest of it out of there or something, you know. But um, a lot of times, so I um, some of my guns I only neck size and some of my full length size. The ones that I'm full length sizing, 
um, seem to not get as many reloads out of them as just the neck size ones, you know, because really? you're, you're bending that brass back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, whereas the, the neck sizer, you're only just squeezing the neck just to hold the bullet. Okay. You know, and it's a 2000s neck um, neck tension on there. Yeah. So I, I think I've, I've kind of paid attention to that a little bit too. Hmm. So... I don't know. Just uh, well, there's just a, there's just a lot. You know, there's to so learn. much, and I've got I've got notepads of just random shit that I wrote down. I look back through, and I'm like, what "Does that even mean?" <laughs> you know, like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, right. right. You know, I remember this. And well, if anybody takes anything from this episode, it would you know for me it would be like you don't have to go expensive on the you gun. You really don't. You know, I mean, you can cut corners and still shoot six, eight, seven hundred yards pretty easily. You know, there's a there was a Vortec commercial that came out, I think last year, they came out with a, a Vortec tactical. Um, it was a, a three to nine or a three to twelve or something, hmm. four to twelve, something like I think it was a three to nine. Um, my buddy Brady bought one and put on his gun. And so these guys take this, I think it was like a six five or a two forty three or something mm-hmm. on a Ruger American that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Put this scope on there, find a Hornady load, just went and bought a Hornady brass or, mm-hmm. you know, factory ammunition, whatever it may be, threw it on there, and dude was hitting like <laughs> 7 out of 10 at a grand, really? you know, with all this factory stuff, Yeah, you know, and he dialed, shot it through a chronograph a couple of times, and then entered some stuff in an app and changed a couple of things, and, you know, ended up hitting like 7 out of 10 at a grand, once you have the right dope in there, you right. know, well, you're 6 inches high, you're 6 inches high, mm-hmm. hey, move your shit. You know, right. don't be afraid to move it. You know, that's why they're on there. Right. And, you know, so, and I think that scope now you can get in a 5 to 20 or something. They they made another one now that you can get. And it's it's still like a $300 scope, you know. Optics, not the greatest optics. Still a great scope. You know, Vortec has a really awesome warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, Brayden. He freaking his binoculars weren't quite perfect, so he just threw them down in front of UPS, went inside, freaking <laughs> sent them back, and they sent him a brand new pair. You know, because he was afraid that if they weren't just quite perfect, that they were they weren't going to send him a new pair. Right. So he's like, bam, on the concrete, <laughs> sent it back, and they sent him a new pair, which is cool. You know, you know my Leicas. Um, I deny that story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Vortex is listening. Uh, this is fiction. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, um, shout out to their VIP Unlimited Ungarrant. Er, it is, un- yeah, is freaking awesome. Unwavering it's the only warranty, one in the, in the business that does that. I've used it too. and, and uh, I, I bought a, it's a good warranty. Uh, I traded my Vortex, um, my razor spotting scope, my compact razor. Uh-huh. I had a straight and I wanted an angled. Well, so I put on Facebook on one of these groups, you know, hey, anybody got an angle they want to trade for it straight? And this guy's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. It's like, perfect. Sent it. He sent it to me. I got it. You know, he and he had the whole package and everything. I had the box and took it all apart and we put it in the box, you know. And mm-hmm. So I screw the eyepiece on there and I'm looking through it. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? <laughs> I was like, "Hey, did this this thing work when you when you sent it to me?" He's like, "Yeah, it worked fine. Why?" I was like, "Well, I, you know, I put it back together, and it, now the it's it's not zooming. It goes black and doesn't work quite right, and this oh. and that." And he's like, "I, I swear to God, man, I've you know." I was like, "Hey, no big deal. It's a Vortec. You know, I'll send it back." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, send it back. I got it back in like a week and a half. And it was fixed. They put a brand new eyepiece in there and everything. So, and they didn't ask any questions. Perfect. You know, I I printed off the deal on, on you know off the computer and yep. I sent it with them. With yep. the you know I I had this one I traded it for this one and this is the problem with this, they sent it back to me and said here you go. Yep. Thank you. That yeah. warranty makes it really easy to you just break down and make that investment right. in some glass when you know it's you know 
unconditionally right. warrantied. Yeah. And I can't do that with my Leicas. You know, I bought my Leicas used. I've got a, a pair of 1042s and a pair of 1250s. Uh, since I bought those used from a friend uh, who brought them brand new, you know, that's not transferable. Mm. And even then, I think they're only a five-year warranty or something. Really? Yeah, it's not like – I'm not sure what the Swarovski is either, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's close to the same thing. It's not like a lifetime. I'll be darned. Yeah, I know I, I had Steiners before, binoculars, and they have a lifetime. And sort of loopholes and, um, yeah. you know, but those higher ends. But now, I mean, the Vortec razors, you know, you look through those. There's a lot of Vortec haters and there's a lot of Vortec lovers. You there know, are, yeah. of, of pretty much everything anymore, right. you know. And, you know, mine's better than yours, you know, type deal. Right. But I really don't give We just got to know what you're buying. Their higher end stuff is really nice. It is. You know, but you get their lower end stuff. It's lower end stuff. Right. You know, like right. I've been using Diamondbacks and... I'm well, I mean, it's a, just about done with them, right? And a Diamondback is a what two fifty three hundred dollar pair of I binoculars. Think like, I think like two hundred. Yeah, it's cheap. so if you take a two hundred dollar pair of binoculars, mm-hmm. your Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. you take a pair of two hundred dollar pair of Bushnells, mm-hmm. you take a two hundred dollar pair of whatever Nikon's, and you look through all of them. One of those is going to be the better of two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You go to a five hundred dollar pair of binoculars. Same thing. It's the same thing. You go to an eight hundred dollar pair. You go to a, now the difference between an eight and a thousand dollar pair. It gets harder to tell, but there's still a difference, right? You know, and that's something that took me a long time to to really figure out. And you know, one argument that that I've always had, uh, you know, oh, I I like my high end binoculars. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see just as good as with those as I can with these. Well, you mm. know what? If you can, don't spend the money. Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, right? Why why even bothering? You know, I'm just right. telling you what I feel is. You know, I'm getting out of these. I know for a fact I can spot more animals with higher end glass. I mean, I know for a fact there's less eye fatigue. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's more crisp. I mean, yeah. it's it. Uh, I bought Mason a pair of the um, uh, Viper. Yeah, the Viper 1042s. You know, and then so for Christmas he got a pair of Viper 1042s, mm-hmm. and my um, my dad's like, "Well, do we need to get him a, a bino harness?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's look at some bino harnesses." This son of a bitch came with a, a bino harness, <laughs> right. and, and we didn't get him one for Christmas, you know, and mm-hmm. not knowing that I was going to just wait and get it for him for his birthday, you know, before bow season starts in August. Perfect. And it, I mean, the Vortec came with the, not their $100 one, you know, but it's like the $50 one. It came with the freaking bino harness. And I was like, that's pretty oh, cool. shit. Yeah. My, my bino harness, I get made fun of all the time because my bino is like two sizes too big for my bino. <laughs> so they're all so stuffed like, in there yeah they're just like stuffed in there and the cords like stretch to the max <laughs> to try and hook it around the thing and even the guys that made it like dude you need to get new bino i'm like i need, need or they sell me i need to get a new pouch i'm like that or new binos yeah you know to fit the yeah. pouch yeah yeah <laughs> but um so yeah that's i mean there's a lot of good points in this one you know glasses i think more important i think we agreed on absolutely that. Uh, spend the money you and there's nothing wrong with buying a used rifle. Yeah. You know, for the most part, guys that own rifles, that is their baby. Especially if they grew up, you know, rifle hunting with their dads with the old school woodstock, yeah. you know, straight up blued barrels that were cleaned every time they took them out, wiped down, turned upside down in the gun safe or just the gun case, you mm-hmm. know, the cabinet so with the glass in front of it so you can admire them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're turned upside down because they're afraid the oil is going to leak down into the into the wood. Right. And it's going to swell the wood. Well, if you're putting that much oil on it, you got some issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so for the most part, used guns are... Yeah. I mean, my Model 300, my Model 700 to 300 Win Mag, it's a used gun, you know, and I made it what it is. There's not a thing wrong with it. 
at some times I'm like, I think this barrel shot out. And I go out again, I'm like, nope, it's good. You know? <laughs> so right. there's, there's really nothing wrong with getting a used rifle. I right? bought my rifle used. Bought his used. Built it, it how I wanted and it. And it freaking pounds. Yeah. You know? And I, I, a lot of guys get hung up in the, in the just the product gear game and just I'm using this, I'm using that. And for me, it's just I, – I, I was getting asked back when I was in the long-range stuff. I was getting asked a lot of questions because I started the Long Range Hunters of Oregon page. Oh, okay. Mainly because I wanted to learn. Like, I right. wanted to get guys in there that I could pick their brains anytime I sure. wanted. And it's only probably around 1,600 guys in that group. But, um, you know, since I started the group, I must know what I'm talking about. Right. I'm like, dude, pick that guy's brain. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I started this to learn. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And uh, so, but my thing was, is like, I'm using, um, you know, I'm, I'm into my setup, you know, 1,500 bucks. You don't have to be in your setup 1,500 bucks. Not you don't at have all. to. You can do more. You can do less. It's just. And then the calibers thing, I'm gonna have to have a whole episode on calibers because yeah, you could have a week's worth of episodes on calibers. You could talk a week about 308 versus 65. Right, and there's gonna be guys that are just gonna chew your head off because you even mentioned a 65. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, there's a good chance that that guy can't even shoot. Yeah, you know he (laughs) just he just likes what he read. I don't understand why people have things against a caliber. It's like that caliber didn't come over and beat your cat. You know, like (laughs) right? Exactly. You know, know, I I saw a thing on Facebook the other day that said, um, (laughs) "Okay, here here we go. What's the best caliber for elk?" I was like, "Oh shit!" And I just looked at the comments. It was like, yeah, it was like. 250 comments, oh. you know, and I'm like, yeah. why do you even lead into that? I, I'm you not know? sure if they're trolls or if those legitimate questions because, you know, what's the best bow on the market, best broadhead, best rifle? It's What's the it's best endless. everything? When I see what's the best, <laughs> yeah. I just immediately keep scrolling. Right. Exactly. Do you like, <laughs> is your Chevy better than my Ford? Exactly. It's that kind of question. Like, nope, my Dodges. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. yeah. You got exactly. the guy from left field coming over here. And I mean, you got really? that other guy. He's like, not screw you guys. My wheelies will beat both those. You know? Yeah. Well, it's how just, about I don't instead know. of being an asshole about it, you just be like, <laughs> hey, so let me ask you a question about your stuff. You know? Yeah. Just, you know? You don't got to be a dick yeah, about if For me, I want you to show me ballistically why that is a better right. round. And why back does it, it work up. better for you? Exactly. You know? yeah. That's a good point, too. Why is it ballistically better? You know, in what situation? What's the better? What's the best round for elk? Right. The one that you hit in the freaking lungs. Yeah. That's the best one. <laughs> right. You know? Right. I think there's been more elk in the world shot with a two forty three than any other caliber. That's how I shot my first elk. There has or been... 30 out 6 Yeah, yeah. Two forty three, thirty 30-06, 7 mag. I... Mm-hmm. But I, I really do. I believe hands down that from all the stuff that I've heard and stuff that I've read, you know, throughout the years and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the older stuff that I've read, that the two forty three has killed more elk than any other caliber on the planet. That's crazy. I yeah. never would have guessed that. And yeah. I, I mean, would have figured, yeah, like an old school thirty out six or a two seventy right. or something. Well, I mean a two forty three, you could take a twenty two mag at a hundred yards, you can shoot an elk in the rib cage put a hole through both of his lungs, and guess what? They're mm-hmm. going to fill up with blood, and he's going to die. Right. I mean, really. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's that's legitimate. It is. No, it, it, and I just feel like a lot of guys, what the question is, should be is, what is the terminal um, distance that you can kill something? Like, wh- how far can you shoot, and that bullet will still do its job? Because, right, it comes right. – a lot of guys are thinking calibers, 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 but you sh- they're they're completely missing the projectile. Well, mm-hmm. if you're not using – using a core lock – at twelve hundred yards, <laughs> first of all, I've shot core locks at twelve hundred yards. Don't do it with a group about this. <laughs> yeah, <thing. laughs> I, I was chronoing exactly. each shot, and there was like a hundred uh, or two hundred feet 
uh, difference two hundred feet per second difference between, between each round, each load. Well, and so you got one four feet high, one this low. When they're mass produced like that, yeah, you know, yeah. But, hey, so. there's a lot of guys that shoot those that can get a minute, minute and a half, and they don't shoot out past a hundred yards. They got their three to nine yeah. on there. I mean, if you're shooting a minute, even if you're shooting two minutes at a hundred yards, yeah. I mean. <laughs> right. Well, how many guys, here's a point, how many guys will put their rifles, you know, they want to hit bullseyes, but they'll, and I'm, my dad and I are guilty of doing this, and they'll put it two inches high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had so many clients, so many of them. I'm like, okay, what, you know, that's, I, I need to know for my, my reference point. Mm -hmm. So when I'm helping you mm -hmm. aim at something, I need to know when I'm telling you the yardage, where to hold on this thing. Yeah. So where do you sight your gun in at? Oh, I'm an inch high at a hundred. I'm two inches high at a hundred. I'm dead on at 200. You know, whatever it may be. I'm three mm -hmm. inches high at 100. Right. Do you know what three inches high at 100 is? <laughs> well, it's 300 yards. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's not. I mean, it, it's probably pretty close. And, and some some situations, some yeah. scenarios, is probably pretty close. But it, it, it's really not. So, right. But like the one inch high at 100, the most common one, you know, at 200 mm -hmm. yards, hey, hold right on it. You know, hold just top of lungs or whatever, right. you know. But most of those guys, I've, I mean... I, from my experience, I've had a lot of hunters that, you know, they're out there paying a bunch of money and they've got the top quality gear that, you know, they've got all the Sitka this, Sitka that, mm. fancy backpacks, fancy boots, and miss three bucks at 60 yards, you know, and it's like, <laughs> what did, are you, you doing? <laughs> did you shoot at all in the last 50 years you've been alive? Right. <laughs> like, right. You can't, you just paid $5,000 to come on this hunt and you can't hit shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, are you nice and steady? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not twitching. And you're, and you're, you're, you know, it's kind of hard to tell what their scope picture is looking like, what their sight picture is. You kind of look at the muzzle and see if it's moving right. at all, you know, or see if, you know, they're getting super excited. You know, there's some couple of things you can tell. Mm -hmm. but I've had some guys that are just super laid back, super calm. Yeah, not good. I'm on them. Okay, whenever you're ready, go ahead and squeeze. Just squeeze. Take your time and squeeze. Mm-hmm. Not even close. <laughs> like, you hit three feet behind him. He's 100 yards. I can shoot him with a pistol offhand, you know? Like, come on, bud. That reminds me of a, of a situation we had. I we uh, My dad took a kid out for his youth tag, and my buddy's little brother had a youth tag. Same tag, cow tag. And uh, this kid had gone shooting with me. This is back when I was shooting long range a lot, and I had my 308. Um, I still have my 308 VTR with a Viper PST on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, using, I think, 150 something green SSTs, I think 155s or something like that. Might have been 150s. I don't know. And uh, anyways, we had been spanking targets at like six, seven, eight hundred 800 yards mm -hmm. consistently, even with the Superformance factory loads from Hornady. We were right. doing pretty damn good. And so um, time comes, and the cow steps out at 567. And I dialed right to it, and he's like, I'm like, how do you feel? He's like, Oh yeah, like that's totally in my wheelhouse. And I'm like, all right. So I had him take a couple dry fires on it. You know, cows yep. chewing her cut, standing around. Done that a lot. And then, uh, long story short, first shot smokes it. Just you couldn't have poked your finger better on it. I'm like, right. I was so proud of the kid. And uh, you know, cow goes ten yards, and uh, I, I'm like, put another one in it. And then before he could even put another one in it, I think it fell over dead, just right there, ten right. yards. And uh, Guys are like, oh, you shot an elk with a 308 at 567? That's so irresponsible. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're kidding me. I'm like, okay, the bullet stopped right under the hide, right on the other side of the shoulder. Right. It just clipped the uh, like the scapular part right, right there. Right, right. I literally took the skin, cut the skin out, and then had the bullet right sure. there. 
and gave it to him and everything. But the, where I'm going with this story is, is my dad's kid was farther behind us down the road. And so I call him like, there's another cow right here. Let's, let's do it. Gun's already dialed in. Just get him behind it. He's been, yeah, I think 13 shots. Could, mm-hmm. could, couldn't, I mean, he ended up finally poor cow was shot four times. But. There was a gal that we had in New Mexico. She shot 27 times. <laughs> this bull was a fucking cheese grater, dude. It was so bad. Like the, she uh, ran out of ammo. I had to drive 10 miles back to the lodge oh, to go no. get more ammo and then come back. Say, I didn't even carry that much ammo on me. Yeah, field. I'm like, I got 10 rounds. You know, I've, <laughs> yeah. got, I've got what's in my gun and whatever I have equals 10. That's all I carry. Really? You know, I mean, if something happens, I can shoot at a rock and fix something or something you know but so she shoots 27 times with a rest she was on a fucking backpack (laughs) laid down on a backpack and Uh, her brother's behind her filming this thing oh oh and we're on a document we're on a 350 plus ranch you know this is a ten thousand dollar hunt jesus and there's like a twenty five hundred dollar kill fee or something you know and not only did she shoot 27 times when this bull dies finally Mm -hmm. like the neck all the way down to the front of the shoulders was hanging into this fucking ravine that we would have never, ever got this bull out of. So we, And we couldn't pull it out. We tried pulling on it, and it, we just couldn't get it. Couldn't get its antlers. You know, they're, it's dangling. Uh-huh. So I four-wheel drive my truck down there, and I got a fucking ratchet strap in the back of the truck, so I hook onto the back of that, hook it to a tow hook, and I drug that son of a bitch backwards up, up somewhere where we could finally get it all uh, taken care of. Holy smokes. You know, I mean, and it was... Well, it's about the shooter. A lot of it is about the shooter, and, and if you're spending all... Just like bows, it's no different than bows. If you're spending, you know, 16... My, my setup last year, I think I've said it was like 2400 bucks. I could be one of those guys that goes out and has the cool bow and has all this cool shit but has no skills or no right. work ethic, and I just want to have all the nicest stuff. If you don't put in the work to make that worth it, right? you're not going to do what's anything. What's the point? Right. You know, and that that's kind of where I was heading with all that. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to have guys out there that have all the cool stuff but can't make a shot. The first the first rifle hunter I had in New Mexico, um, he, shot this, he shot at this bull. It was like 360 or something. I don't remember. I got it all on video. Holy his smokes. his wife was videoing this. Uh-huh. He was an older guy. Uh, I think he was in his mid-60s or something. And, he, you know, he's got all these pictures and stories. I'm killing, you know, lots of stuff. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is going to be fun, you know. And his wife's video, and she's got my video camera. She's videoing it. And we get up here, and we find this bull. You know, the outfitter was like, hey, you go down here to this road. And there you come around this really sharp hairpin corner. There's an old two-track wagon road that goes out there. Hmm. Go out there. And so we got out there, shut the truck off, roll down the window. And you just hear bulls bugling. I was like, no oh. way. Get out. And it gets daylight. And you just this cloud of dust. And we're on the same 350-plus ranch. Uh-huh. And there's a couple, you know, five or six 320 bulls just satellite. And, <laughs> you know, and some little bulls. And, you know, it was a herd of, like, 40 you know, 30 of them. And so we have to wait for them. It's all sage and stuff. There's nowhere for us to go. We just happen to park behind this knob where they never saw us. And hmm. they take off up and over. So we hustle up and get over the top. And I range this bull. And I was like, okay, it's like 360, you know, on this backpack. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, that's no problem. I got this. You know, shooting a 300 wind mag. And I was like, all right, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and squeeze. You know, the bull's standing there. He's, you know, he's just screaming his head off, just standing mm-hmm. there looking around, not, not walking at all. Dude shoots hits like fucking six feet right, <laughs> 10 feet high. <laughs> Jesus. And I hear, I'm bleeding, and I look down at him, oh. and he lays his eye wide open. Oh. And I look back up at the bull, and I was like, you got to shoot at it again. You know, he, he's leaving. And so, and then huh. the bull stops again, 
And his wife's like, you better not miss this time. You know, and it's like, I, I got it all in video. It's great. And, and so he lays down again. No clue where this bullet hits. Not even remotely. I mean, it's, it was dusty. That's how, you know, it's super dusty. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't even see where the bullet hit. And he's like, Ugh. and so he scopes himself twice. Oh. <laughs> And his wife, um, his wife's name was Patricia, called her Pat, and his name was Bob. And they called themselves the Bob and Pat Show. <laughs> it was a show for eight days. Really? It was a show for eight days with these two people. And she's like, come on, Bobby. You got to suck it up, Bobby. Get up. Get up, Bobby. You got to suck it up. You know. And, and, and the whole time she's got this, my video camera on record, but she's holding it down here when she's yelling at her husband. Like, you suck, dude. Like, uh-huh. what's your problem? And so she she's like, oh, it's still recording, and puts it back on. And well, now we got the blood, you know, all taken off his face. No joke, dude. You could see up here, around, around really? here, right here, a circle. You could put like connect the dots, and it was a perfect circle from his scope. You know, <laughs> oh, both shots man. like got him Jesus. good. And so she's like, Bobby, we can't be doing this stuff anymore. You got you got you got to figure this out, Bobby. You know, we paid a lot of money for this hunt. You know, and so. <laughs> we got on Jeez. several other bulls that, that week. Yeah, <laughs> poor Bobby. I hope Bobby doesn't listen to the uh, this episode. And so, uh, <laughs> and the next week, I get this this oh. older guy. Um, he was in Vietnam. He was a sniper in Vietnam, and he's mm. telling me all these stories about you know. He's like, oh, these guys used to smoke these cigarettes, and I wait for that cherry to light up, and I just shoot at the cherry, you know, and just Jeez. pop their heads right off their shoulder, you know. And the guy drank like a fifth of Jack a night, just freaking wasted, huh. you know. And he went on like five of these hunts a year, you know. Just loaded, owned like 200 dump trucks and, you know, just owned a, a pretty, pretty good business. And so it comes down to it. And we've been chasing this one bull. He passed him up opening morning of the hunt. First mm-hmm. morning, it was like a hundred yards and we just hear him scream. And it was the same one that Bobby missed. Oh. <laughs> and it oh, ended up like, um, after I left, I went from there to Colorado the next, for the next hunt to mm-hmm. guide over there. Well, another guy in the outfitting guide, um, he killed that bull and it was 383. Really? So this bull comes walking through this this um, all these sagebrush bushes and stuff, and I'm videoing it. And I'm like, okay, here he comes, here he comes. <laughs> I'm like, shoot him, shoot him. And he looks at me, and he's like, are you sure that's the one? And so I put the camera down, <laughs> I pick up my binos. I'm like, yeah, that's him. He's like, are you sure? And the bull walks off. So and this is the same herd, you know, there's like 30 or 40 elk in this herd. So they walk up and over the top of this little knob, mm-hmm. back to the same spot where Bobby missed, the same uh-huh. exact big opening but they went far they hopped the fence onto some private some other private off our ranch mm-hmm. and i get up there and i set my spotting scope up there and i was like here look at this how about this bull and he's like that's what i'm looking for i'm like you just passed that bull up <laughs> he's like no fucking way i'm like <laughs> he's like well how am i supposed to know i got some fucking punk kid out here guiding me oh. you know you're like what 28 29 years old how do i know you know what you're doing i said because you're paying me to know what i'm doing right i said from now on when i tell you to shoot you shoot and he's like fine whatever whatever so like two <laughs> two nights go by and we're we we chase this herd and they kind of run off so we quit pressuring them mm-hmm. and we go and sit up on top of this huge rock knob and it's a, like you can see for miles and we get down after dark get back into the truck and opens the doors of the truck i opened the back i had an extended cab chevy you know and it's got the suicide ex- yeah the back doors yeah so take my pack off and i set it on the seat and he takes his pack off sets it on the seat and he like backs into the passenger side and he leans into the truck and puts the barrel down on the floorboard. And I'm like, Hey, do that out. Boom, dude. And shoots a hole in the floorboard of my pickup. Seriously. (laughs) Dude, 300 wind mag. You should see what it does to the carpet and the floorboard. (sighs) It blew through the floor mat and a bunch of shit went out and it went through, didn't hit a thing all the way down, you know, and lucky. 
went over there, I'm looking around, and in the sand, it's all super <laughs> sandy right there, and I find the bullet, and I was like, well... At least you shot a four point, or <laughs> yeah, you, you got a four by four. And he's like, you did what? I was like, you got a four by four. You know, my truck's four wheel drive. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. You know, so bad. <laughs> so then, he's like, I'm telling you, man, you just you find me a bull. I'll shoot it. Just tell me where to shoot. And we end up belly crawling for a couple hundred yards on the last morning of the hunt, and we mm-hmm. find this bull, the 383. I'm like, it's the one pulling the pushing the cows over the fence. Same fence, same spot that Bobby <laughs> missed. I'm like, he's pushing the cows over the fence, pushing the cows over the fence. Are you on him? And it, this is like right at daylight. And I range him, um, and it was like three and a quarter. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'm on him. I'm on him. I shoot him. Boom. Boom. Whop. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> shoot him again. Boom. Boom. Whop. I'm like, he's still running. Shoot him again. Boom. Boom. Whop. He's like, He's dead. He's dead. I'm like, no, he's running. Dude shoots like Shot. a 320 bull. Dude oh. shoots the wrong bull. He's broke off on the right side. Oh. He shoots the wrong bull. I'm like, that's not the right bull. <laughs> he's like, we walk over there and get up to it. And he's like, how much is going to cost me to put in the fucking ditch and go chase another one? I, <laughs> I didn't pay this much money oh, for this bull. You know, and he was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't being serious, but kind of serious. You know, he was, yeah. pretty, he was pretty pissed off. But yeah, it's his fault. I, I knew that when I told him to shoot, at mm-hmm. something, you know, he was one of those guys that I knew that I, I felt a hundred percent confident that when I said shoot that, he's gonna put a bullet in it. Yeah, and sure, shit. It was it was three hundred and twenty five yards. He just shot the wrong one. Well, you think mm-hmm. you could tell the difference between a three eighty and a three twenty? Yeah, especially when the, that one's <laughs> horning the freaking cows over the fence, and that yeah. one's not. Yeah, you know that one was by itself. Just got too excited. Oh, dude! I mean, just ecstatic. <sighs> and it was still a three twenty bull. Broke off. It scored three twenty. Bigger than any bull mm. I've ever killed, dude. I've never killed one over three hundred. Yeah. I've yeah, had a couple of Roosevelt. I got one at two ninety eight. Oh, really? You That's know, a good bull. and those are the bow, right? Yeah, I've never killed a bull. <coughs> I've never had a rifle elk tag. That's something yeah. I want to do is, is kill a, rif- a bull with a rifle. You mm. know, and um, but yeah, it was like we were talking about those guys that know that when they shoot, they're going to hit something. Yeah, you know that guy. I knew when he shot, he was going to hit it. Yeah, you know, I had no doubt in my mind after listening to all the stories. Like, you're smoking, dude, smoking cigarettes in the middle of the night in the jungle. Like, you're going to kill a bull when I tell you to. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. What about my buddy, my hunting partner? I talk about him all the time. Uh, Mitch is is that with a gun. And then I'm, um, for him, it's kind of like, okay, Garrett, you got the bows, but right. let me make the shots with the guns, you know? Yeah. And time, over, time after time, man, it's like, you didn't make that shot. He's like, I shot. I hit it. I was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm cocky you're cocky and then yeah. there it is dead right there you know it's like all yeah. right exactly where the bull hole said you you know it, it, i don't get it i mean that's why i switched to bows because i just got to the point where i couldn't make a shot with a gun well when, unless that, it was a uh, long i think that's another reason why i started shooting so well doing long range and being able to tell like mm-hmm. you just said your buddy was like oh i shot i hit it. i know i know i did well yeah you know doing tournament archery has got to a point where I know when I make a good shot, I know when I make a bad shot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the other night at league, I made a bad shot. I freaking missed, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't doing very well. You know, I, I shot at like a 96 or something, you know, and I wasn't holding well and I changed a bunch of stuff. Well, I know when I make a good shot, I know when I make a bad shot. Yeah. Same thing with a rifle, man, you're shooting long range. You know, when you make a good shot, you know, when you make a bad shot, right? There's lots of times where I'll pull a trigger and it's like, that was a bad shot. Right. That and he can almost good. tell you where it's going to hit too, yeah. without even looking at it. Yeah. That's right. that's the like, difference that one in that right. experience. Right. Yeah, and you know. I where know it's where that where that scope went black at. You know, from the recoil, yeah. I I can tell you like smoked, like don't even no question, hmm. or 
Mm, nope. <laughs> Not that time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, is there any closing thoughts? We're at an hour and a half here, guys. What do you uh, want to leave with? Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Yeah. You know, um, if you if you're questioning on how much money to spend, don't go out of your budget just to get a cool factor into that. You know, there's so much stuff available now um, where you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. You know, right. I mean, you know, a thousand dollars seems like a lot, but. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, Brady got his, you know, he bought it around Christmas time and he got it on sale with a rebate. And I think with the scope and the break and everything yeah. put on it, you know, I think he's only into it like five or 600 bucks, you know, yeah. you know, six, maybe no more than seven, I'll say no more than seven, you know, and there's a lot of opportunities nowadays where you can buy that stuff and not have to go, Oh, I can't afford a long range gun. Right. You know, and, um, the second would be practice. Don't expect to go out there right out of the gate and just pound steel time after time after time again at a thousand yards. You're gonna hit. You're gonna be batting 500 right out of the gate. You know, mm-hmm. with regardless a of what setup. gun you have. Right, regardless. Starting of, out with yeah. what caliber. I mean, that's a whole nother argument. And then the whole reloading thing. You know, mm-hmm. getting into that. There's a lot of you know we talked about briefly about factory ammo. Yeah. It's fine. It really is great starting, you know, point. and the the higher end factory ammo, the you know, you're talking um, your core locks, the <laughs> muzzle velocity difference. Yeah. Well, you start getting into like that Hornady sub performance stuff, you yeah. know, and there's a lot of other manufacturers now that make really good quality ammo. That variation isn't there, you know, and that's why right. you're paying a little bit more. It's not just because the box looks cool. Yeah, there's a reason they're 10, 12 bucks more a box. And right. For the accuracy that you're getting, it's totally worth it. Oh, sure, especially if you don't have yeah. the, the means of reloading or the knowledge right. of doing that. But I, I would say don't be afraid to try it. You know, once you try it, just be prepared to buy a lot of shit because you're going to. <laughs> especially if right. you start hitting and you're like, this is cool. Yeah. You're going to end up spending some cash. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And if, if you're married... <laughs> Good luck. You're gonna get, you, know, <laughs> you might get in a ringer, you know. Uh, so, yeah, don't be afraid to try new things, you so, know, and you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to do it. Perfect. What about you, Braden? Yeah, uh, exactly as Brian said. Opportunity and expectations, I think, are the main things to consider when you're trying to get into this. And, I mean, as we've covered, you know, pretty thoroughly, you don't have to spend, you don't have to break the bank to get into shooting, shooting you know, rifle and, and trying to poke out there. But along with that, your expectations should be, you know, according to your gear, but, but in that consideration, Mm -hmm. you know, with what you're putting on your gun, you know, you've got, you know, pretty good opportunities with, you know, a lot of gear out there, a lot of options these days, Mm -hmm. but, you know, having your, your expectations, Adjust it Ma- accordingly. Yeah, you match. Know? Don't make your expectations so high that you get so bummed <laughs> out because, well, you're brand new at it or whatever. Right. You know? and yeah. You're not going to be Chris Kyle, you know, making, <laughs> you know, record shit, you know. You're, right. Just go out there and have some fun, especially living in Western Oregon. I mean, how many landings can you go to and just not even yeah. put up steel, but just shoot at rocks? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I've spent hundreds of dollars shooting at rocks. That's it's cool good shit. Practice. It is very good practice. There's probably and most it's realistic. A, and it's get. A, immediate feedback too. You don't hear the gong bang, you right. know, ring or whatever, but you'll see where you hit on the rock. You know, pick a chunk of moss. You know, you right. can see that impact on the on the rock, you know. For and, sure. Yeah. Well, if you're grouping good and you're grouping right, 
it doesn't matter where you hit as long as you're grouping. You right. can move your groups, but you can't. You got to fix your group first, and then you can move the group. You know right. that that's something else too. That's a whole nother. No, well, I, I guess <laughs> the thing that I would add to, to finish this, uh, this thing off is is and it goes right in hand with what you guys were saying is about you know don't go on out and spending. Find your budget, and then f- make sure that you work in that budget, being able to shoot. Right. Like be able to. Buy the setup and then go buy ammo. Don't be able to buy the setup and then not afford to go shoot the cocksucker. So if you can't afford a 300 rum brass bullets or the 300 rum box of bullets, don't buy it just because right. it's a 300 you or, get or a, a 338. Yeah. Or go out and buy it. 100 bucks for a box of bullets yeah. for like a Lapua. You could easily spend 100 bucks for a box yeah. of loaded ammo. You got a long gun that you can't shoot. <laughs> you know, the same thing like with your with your scope rings and your exactly you know your rail. Like you don't you don't go out and buy this gun and then throw the cheapest rings you can find on right. you know and and, yeah. and a bushnell scope. If that's or what whatever. you want in your budget, set your budget set for your that because there's so much available yeah. in that budget. Be I mean, able to. Really I'd rather is. have a cheap gun that I shoot all the time than a really expensive gun that I can't afford to shoot more than twice a year. And if anybody a says a cheap gun is not accurate, I will go get Brady's fucking howl. <laughs> I will shoot. It blows me away how good that gun shoots. That's funny. And I have spent so much time and money on my 300 mm-hmm. and developing loads for my dad's 300 and a couple of my 7 mags and my Lapua and then mm-hmm. Brady just gets one and it's like, yep, <laughs> nailed it. You know? Oh. So you can do it cheap and you can have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys both for coming on yeah, to the show. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. I, I enjoy talking about guns. It's nice to get away from the bows for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'll definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to have you guys on again to here sometime and talk more hunting stories and stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, maybe we'll do some like uh, some of the load testing stuff. There and, you go. Um, Caliber you know, selection. Yeah. 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 What you're doing for. And, you know, that's, that's a whole nother. <laughs> a whole nother podcast just with load de- load testing with oh, all the, sure. the measurements you're taking and you know well this gun likes it two thousandths off this one likes a two thousandths jam or right you know what all that different stuff means and everything you yeah know? and you can do that on a budget too you know once you get into that there's a lot of packages like we touched on briefly where you can get into that on a budget and and not you know you're not going out to win gold medals you right. don't have to have that mentality so right well, I appreciate it, guys, and, and uh, we'll definitely be getting you back on here soon. Heck yeah, I'll be blessed. I look right. forward to more of your rifle series. Thanks, man. Right, I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys later. See you. Well, that's this episode of the podcast. Give me your feedback. I really do need it after this one because probably most of the guys listening to this, uh, I know they're all probably archery. I'm sure a lot of you guys are guns just like me as well. So um, be sure to give me your feedback. I plan on having, uh, I've got some really cool guests lined up uh, for long range, uh, more technical stuff as well. But yeah, we're, we've got some guests lined up for the gun. So we'll love to hear your guys' feedback, whether you want me to continue with this, because this is something that I'm excited about. And uh, if you can use it too, because that's, that's what it really goes down to, is if the users are going to be benefiting and using the information, then it's worth continuing to doing. So let me know. Uh, leave a comment or, or or something on one of my platforms, a review with a comment so I can see what you're talking about and uh, be happy to, to cater to your guys' ideas. So as always, Patreons have the biggest say in what the shows do, where the show goes, the questions that are asked, even future guests. So if you want to be more involved with the show, become a patron right now. Any amount, $1 to $5 to $10 to $15, doesn't matter, gets you entered in all the giveaways. But be forewarned, eventually we're going to have tiers to having access to certain giveaways and certain um, exclusivity to the show. So uh, just really, really appreciate everybody out there listening to the show, all the patrons especially. And uh, I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.